Good morning, church. Yeah, it's interesting that Jolomi was talking about, um, you know, was talking about the, pray, uh, the gift of the Spirit while we were, uh, while she was praying, you know, which gift to um, the boldness to to operate, to I mean, to allow the Holy Spirit to inspire you and, you know, function in that gift of the Spirit. Just bear with me one second. Uh, my tablet refused to follow me down here this morning, my iPad, I mean. So I need to borrow Jolomi's um, laptop to access my notes. So please bear with me. Let me try it again to this. Uh, good, good. You're nearly there. Fantastic. Root, I got it. So... Thank you for technology, so we can always access your notes anywhere. Praise the Lord. Right, so I'm going to uh, finish up on what I was saying about Jolomi, uh, what Jolomi said on, about the gift of the Spirit, because it was on my mind as well when I was meditating and preparing for this meeting. I felt the Lord was, you know, staring me in that direction as well to encourage you guys in that regard. So, uh, based on some feedback I got last week in terms of where in the, our, we, uh, different people are in their Christian journey, so I will take my time to, you know, try to explain some things in more details and put things in more context. So some things I will teach you is kind of the way you hear them in Bible school. But just that if we are going to have take this course in Bible school, like Rema Bible College, which I graduated from, uh, Gift of the Spirit, probably you will probably be taught in the space of, um, say, eight hours teaching. Right. So many of the things I'm going to cover while I talk about these are things you will learn in Bible school. Right, so that's one of the benefits for coming to the Transformers Church. I'll probably do a better job than Bible school. I'm not trying to be <laughs> too proud, except for the experiences that impartation you get from the different teachers in the Bible school. But trust me, uh, some things I've taught in Transformers Church, I, I've given more, more, much, much more than I go from Bible school. Amen. Right, so Bible school is good. It will give you and encourage people to, people to go to Bible school. Rema is good. Carries Bible College is fantastic. Both of them are fantastic, right? They have, they have different offerings. Uh, I would actually encourage all my church family members to, to attend a Bible school, it, especially in these formative years of the ministry because it just makes life much easier for me. You get trained. I can quickly train people into place of leadership and take responsibility, right? So... I got us feedback, fantastic. So as I talk about the word of knowledge today, as a gift of the spirit, I will try to break certain things down, amen. So last week we started talking about the gift of the spirit and we looked at it from the uh, from 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Because of our time today, I would not want to kind of uh, go back to the things I talked about last week, right? Please avail yourself to the message last week and um, <clears throat> yeah, and pick and continue from here. Right, I have less than 40 minutes to do this. It's quite a lot I want to give you guys, so you will take notes. Amen. I know you have some super memory, so you will take everything in. Well, thank God for tech. You can always go back and watch the message. But I'll try to kind of teach you in a way that, you know, in a way that I will do much better than many Bible schools. And I'm not trying to, be, I'm not trying to brag, but I, I mean it. Yeah. So, um, Today, I'm looking at the word of knowledge, word of knowledge. So, word of knowledge is one of the uh, gifts of the Spirit, one of the manifestations of the, of the Spirit, one of the evidence of expressing the presence of the Holy Ghost in your life so that you can be a blessing to other people. Amen. 
Right, so uh, it might be a little bit tacky today because I don't have my tablet here, but we should be fine. So let's turn our Bibles to 1 Corinthians 12. Uh, 1 Corinthians 12, and um, we start from verse 7, like I showed us last week. 1 Corinthians 12, 7. It reads, But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. For to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit, to another the word of knowledge, through the same Spirit, to another by faith, by the same Spirit, to another gifts of healings, by the same Spirit, to another the working of miracles, to another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kinds of tongues, to another the interpretation of tongues. But one and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Praise the Lord. So, uh, the... Popular nine gifts of the Spirit are listed here in the Bible, in 1 Corinthians 12, and I want, we're starting with the word of knowledge. Maybe it's because it's one I tend to operate in the most, but I will not be partial. I'm going to cover other ones as well. So let me try to remind us about the genesis of this gift of the Spirit. When you give your life to Christ, I receive the Spirit of the Lord in your spirit. The operations of the Spirit, there's, there's a way the Holy Spirit operates in your life to be a blessing to you and to be a blessing to other people. Now, the operation of the, of the Holy Spirit in our heart is one, is one of the ways we, ex, we experience a supernatural Christian life. Now, when I say supernatural, I, I mean things that are beyond the ordinary. I'm going to go, as we go through this this morning, I'll show us examples in the Bible of the supernatural experience that a believer, a Christian should be experiencing. The life of a Christian is not the same thing, is not the same life as the life of many of your friends that are unsaved. The Christian is supernatural in their identity, in their, uh, in their spiritual identity. You know, we don't go by what we... We don't live by what we see, what we feel. The re, the, the, our spirit, the Christian faith is, uh, faith is so real that, how would I put it here? It's so real that you, you cannot phantom most of our experiences with human understanding. Amen. You know, I, I'm sure many of you guys have experienced this when you come to church. When Jolami is leading prayer and she's calling out things that you did not even You've not told her about. And many times when I'm dealing with certain things while I'm teaching, there are things that I cover, I touch on that you have not heard about. Right? So Sunday, going to church on Sunday is not a tick box exercise or a religious exercise. If you belong to a sound church, going to church on Sunday is receiving word from the Lord to your heart and instruction direction. Because going to church can become something you, you know, can then become kind of, okay, a religious exercise. We go to church on Sunday. I go to church on Sunday. No, no, no. And that's why the pastor as well, the preacher should not be careless as to, in their approach to Sunday service. Because we are hearing what the Lord is saying, looking at things through the word of God, and rolling out, speaking, sharing with the people word of life. Jesus said, the word I speak unto you, their spirit and their life. Amen. The word I speak unto you, their spirit and their life. Still in this context of the supernatural. Now, there's, there's a life, there's a power that is beyond the comprehension of the mind that is being released in you when, into you when you hear sound word, the word of God. And the word of God, the Bible tells us, beats us up, edifies us, 
refreshes us, cleans us. Uh, James 1.21 says, it uh, talks about the word of God which is able to save, to clean, to purify our soul. And I was dealing with some situations as well, talk, uh, instances, examples, while, I, while we have an online event yesterday. And I had to help some people understand that, you know, if you're struggling with addiction, with some habits, sinful behavior, habits, how to get rid of them is not difficult. You just need to stay on that path of constantly listening, reading, meditating the word of God. And it will begin to replace and change those sinful and dirty, ungodly behavior. So we'll make one week two of walking in the, I mean, listening to the word of God, meditating on it, thinking about it, talking about it. You may not see a difference, but something is changing. It's been, you have been transformed on the inside. You know, for many years, I was thinking, why do we go to church on Sunday? Why should I go to church on Sunday? Why? And I was a, I was a Christian. I was a preacher. I was asking, why should I go? Because, and when God started to talk about, uh, started, you know, nudging me that I'm going to pastor, I said, you know, before I pastor, I must see a reason why people have to come to church on Sunday. Yeah, because it, it doesn't, it's not cheap to set up all of these things and, um, you know, get us here. This, this morning, my son Angela, we had some uh, Jackie Jam move, um, James Bond, Mission Impossible moves to get everything set up in a short period of time. Right. Like, why should we go through all of that? Why should I stand in church on Sunday? If it's not going to have an impact in people's life. I mean, I want to know why. Why I should pastor? Why should I pastor? Why should people be Christian? Okay. Yeah, you may be surprised. Why is pastor saying this? Yeah, as a why should you be a Christian? Why? Why should we? Who is Jesus? Why should we be Christian? There's more about it. I'm going to start releasing some videos that are very quite controversial that will challenge people about the faith. If you don't know why you're a believer, why you're a Christian, if you cannot tell, if you, cannot, if you don't understand or cannot describe the life change, the power, the dynamics you experience, the life of God you experience as a result of being a Christian, there's no point being a Christian. It's a waste of your time. Amen. I'm still talking about the supernatural. So for the believer, there's so much more to our life than what we see, what we feel. And that is why if we can understand the significance of the supernatural, that the Christian is, just, is not just an ordinary person, and you understand the reason, the, the importance of the word of God, why you have to listen, why you have to go fellowship with the saints. When you see those things and you understand the place of the Holy Spirit in your life, man, it's a game changer. Nobody will try to nudge you to stand up on, from bed on Sunday to go to church. And when you are in a place where people are just going up and down, just, ah, praise the Lord, we are in church today again on Sunday. Ah, praise. He's like, no, no, no. There's so much life and impact concerning what we do. There was a lady who stumbled on my video on, on Instagram. She, later, two years later, she told me what she was struggling with. But she was literally at the verge of suicide. Because she was struggling with a particular sin which a colleague of ours in our workplace introduced her into. And for two years, that thing held her life in bondage. Each time I speak to her, I say, hmm, Pastor, hmm, you don't know what God used you to do in my life. I'm thinking, I, did not, I didn't send you an handkerchief. I didn't send you anointed water. I didn't send you anointed oil. I only preached the gospel and told you about the goodness and the kindness of God. I said, hmm, Pastor, you don't understand. Then two years later, she told me what she was struggling with. And these are the things I've had to reinforce in my mind. Why should I pastor? Why should I share the word of God? 
Along the line, I began to understand much more the supernatural power in the Holy Ghost produced by the Holy Spirit in our lives because we are children of God. So the life of a believer is not an ordinary life. And the believer should not see themselves as an ordinary person. You are not helpless. You are not weak. You are not a slave to sin. Sin no longer has dominion over you. And that's why we stand our ground. We stand firm and we stand our ground and say, you know what, I'm not going to allow these evil things to control me. And one of the reasons why we should not allow religious people to try to control us, the Bible tells us that it is for freedom that God has made you to be free in Christ Jesus. God has called us to a life of peace and a life of freedom. Amen. Praise the Lord. So talking about the gift of the Spirit, when you give your life to Christ, something happened to you. I mean, you changed levels with your colleagues, with your friends at work who are unsaved. If a colleague of mine gave me a ride a few days ago, a lot, I think a few weeks ago, I think it's two weeks now, and we're talking, and I was looking at him, I was listening to him, and I said to myself, spiritual death is real. Spiritual death is when someone is not born again. They don't have the life of God in them. The way he was talking, he has no sense of life. He has no connection with God, and it makes no sense. And it looks Greek to him. But I know what I carry. I know who I am. Amen. Can I say, as I, before I get into the word, that you are not the old one out. You don't have a problem because you are born again. The person who does not have a life of God is who has a problem. Young people hear that. You know, you hear things like, you know, that's not cool. You know, what is cool is what looks stupid. And, you know, because they are a gang, right? I'm not trying to speak low of unbelievers, right? But because they are a gang, they don't know better, right? Because they are a gang, much more than children of light, they seem to have a louder voice. And if you don't learn to stand your ground, they can drown your voice and you blend with them. And that's why I felt the Lord has led me this morning to say that anybody who walks with the wise people will be wise. And the same thing goes to adults. There are people that I fight off in my life with love. Don't come near me because I don't want that infectious religious disease. I don't like it. Anything that will not allow me to love people the way God wants me to love them, I don't want it. Amen. Praise the Lord. So let's carry on. Uh, that's word of knowledge coming. I don't know what, what's going on in people's lives today. So let's get into the word of, word of knowledge and let me quickly explain things and we look at some examples in the Bible. Right. Lord, I pray for supernatural speed today uh, so that I can cover this. Amen. So, word of knowledge is, all, is an expression of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. A supernatural expression of the Holy Spirit in the life of a believer. And this particular expression is by telling the believer some facts in the mind of God. So one of the ways the Holy Spirit, because you're not born again, one of the ways the Holy Spirit will express himself in your life is by telling you some facts in the mind of God. So as a believer, you have access to the information in God's mind. So to think you need a prophet over your life to be able to hear God, okay, because... You are, you are, uh, most of you guys here are sometimes the victim, so I'm going to say it nicely, so, you know. 
So to think that you need, you need a prophet over your life, you know, can see that I'm smiling, I'm laughing, because it, when my wife sees me, so you know that something is coming. So I'll try to be nice this morning. So when you think you need a prophet over your life, right, it's because you are deceived. Now, prophet, hear me. So for you to think you have to control people as a prophet, with all due respect, is to be, which one should I use? I have many strong words. Stupid, dumb, unintelligent. Which one is nicer on a Sunday morning? It's a bit, it's, 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 auntie, auntie is very nice. It's a bit unintelligent, but the one I would like to really use is dumb. Because every prophet should show me in the Bible where they are called to control people. They should show me. I've seen all manner of nonsense in my life. I know at least of three to four ministries, but one, one is very, very notorious. I don't want to say popular, notorious. Everything is pointing back to the settlement of the ministry, the prophet. Why? And people are controlled. There's so much diabolism in the church. There's so much rivalry and fighting in the church. There's so much unkindness and wickedness in the church. And they're one of the biggest churches in Africa. Why? So I'm saying to you authoritatively from the word of God, that you don't need a prophet over your life. You don't need any kind of spiritual covering. Check the, what Jesus asks people to do, ministers of the gospel. They are to educate, train you, equip you, help you to be able to build a, a stronger and deeper relationship with Christ. In a sense, we are kind of like pointers to Christ. We are not the middleman. We are not called to be a middleman. There should never be a middleman between you and God. You know why? Because you have the Holy Ghost in you. You have the Spirit of God in you. You have the Spirit of Christ in you. So thinking you need a prophet over your life or somebody is saying, come under my ministry so that your life can be better. Please just send me their number and let us have some serious conversation. You have God on the inside of you. So why do you need a man or a woman to come in between your Holy, the Holy Spirit in you and you. It makes no sense. What am I trying to say? I'm trying to say that you can manifest the power of the Holy Ghost, the gift of the Spirit. The word of knowledge can operate in your life because you have the Holy Ghost in you. You know, I used to watch this um, program back in the days on BBC. I can't remember the title right now. And so these guys, they are usually given a task to go out and um, sell a product or something. And... Um, so when they go to some local areas, they would try to secure exclusive deal with a particular uh, business person, right? So exclusivity, I can't remember how to say. Now, so I think, I don't know where some Christians get it. Some Christians think they have exclusive right to the gift of the Spirit. It does not exist. Nobody has exclusive right to the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit, and as I try to break these things down, all these things will make much more meaning to you. Because one of the reasons why people are not able to operate the gift of the Spirit and be a blessing to me as a pastor and take their place as a member of our church, church family, is because of intimidation and the lies that have been told them. And many people see themselves to be inferior. And that God cannot walk through them. They are lies. Amen. So the Holy Spirit is in you. Say after me. The Holy Spirit is in me. And I can operate in the gift of the Spirit. God can walk through me. 
He lives in me and will walk through me. These are kind of a confessions you should be making. I'm a child of God. He's my father. He is going to walk through me. It was on the inside of me. I'm not inferior to him. I'm not a slave. I'm a child. I have access to the power. He's given Christ Jesus. The Bible says that you are joined as with Christ. Jesus said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given unto me. Now go therefore. He delegated that authority to you. The Bible says to the intent, that's Ephesians 3, I think 10. It says to the intent that the manifold wisdom of God may be revealed to principalities and powers through the church. Now, it didn't say true pastors and prophets, apostles, no. It is through you that God wants to showcase his wisdom to the powers of this world, the wicked spirit of this world. You are not a junior Christian. You're not a junior, you're not junior in rank in spiritual things. No. I'm trying to build you guys' confidence as we get into the world of knowledge. Amen. Let's go. So, um, Word of knowledge is an expression of the Holy Ghost in, in our lives, in your life as a believer, giving you access to facts in the mind of God. Wouldn't it be so nice when you can know the, you know, you have for single ladies, many guys are coming around you and they are trying to be the spiritual one or the right person for you. But wouldn't it be so nice when you can, when you can hear what God is saying clearly about each and every one of them and you know what to go with? A lot of deception, there's a lot of deception out there. I was, I was watching a video about a lady who aborted, who aborted for a, a pastor in the making that church about eight times. I can't remember how many times, but it was a lot of times. And, and I'm thinking, how are you still alive? Yeah, I think it's about eight times. I need to watch that video again. It was, it was much, much more than five times. And um, cemetery. I don't know how she's still alive, but watch this. Now, you know, even when the guy, the, the flag, red flags are all over the place, right? But one of the reasons why women fall victim, single ladies fall victim of this stupid guys in the church is because of how they see them to be spiritual. How some of these guys operate the gift of the spirit. How they see these guys to be superior, senior in spiritual things, and they are just on the lower end, and they adore these guys a lot, right? And there's nothing any of these guys can do that will be wrong because God is walking through them. And I'm going to bust all of those silly myths that the fact that somebody operates the word of knowledge, that, that means that they are spiritually mature, they have sound character. No. I want to repeat this. The, a way to judge a person as a believer is not, be, it's not by the gift of the Spirit they manifest, but the character of their Spirit. Now, don't forget that this, the gift of the Spirit, the manifestation of the gift of the Spirit, has nothing to do with the person. I mean, their efforts. They are fasting, they are praying. The only qualification to operating the gift of the Spirit is to be born again. That is the only qualification to operate the gift of the Spirit. And to be born again has nothing to do with your effort. To be a child of God, acceptable to God, has nothing to do with anything you have done. Because we were all unworthy. We don't deserve God's kindness and goodness. And Jesus died for us. So if you bear in mind that many Christians, though born again, are still doing unintelligent things, including myself sometimes. right? But I'm much more better now because I'm, I'm renewing my mind. That we are not perfect. We are working towards perfection. We are growing. 
So if as children of God we are still growing and we still fall short in one area or the other, likewise, people who manifest the gift of the Spirit among us, right, are not perfect. So don't expect someone who speaks in tongues, who prophesies to be perfect. Amen? Mothers, if the Holy Spirit is nudging you, don't allow your daughter to go near that guy. Even your pastor, don't allow your daughter to go. It's simple as that. Don't say, ah, he's a man of God, he cannot. Seriously? Because you don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Amen. I heard of cases in Nigeria of pastors impregnating the daughters of their church members. I'm like, and then I, had, I got that a lady got into debate with me. I, well, I don't, I don't seek to win debate. I don't like to do debate. I like, just like to state the fact and the truth. I was like, the signs are there. Dude, I was, I was speaking to someone. I said, say, God as a loving father will not see you, will not see a pit in front of you and watch you get into it. No. He will tell you about it. So the problem is not with God. The problem is with our hearing and where our mind is. Amen. There's a lot of abuse and there's a lot of um, misconception about this gift of the Spirit uh, subject, which we have to explain and get people to have a solid foundation. This is one of the messages you, need, you probably need to play over and over again every year to remind yourself of these things. And that's why I didn't come to just teach you what it is and we go off. These lined minds in the church, I don't want them in this church. You know, someone can come in today, join us, and they may be just operating the gift of the Spirit. I don't want anyone to look at them as if they are superior or there's something too special about them. No. You can also operate in the gift. Now, what makes a person tend to operate more in the gift of the Spirit or generally operate in the gift of the Spirit is the desire for it. You know, when the Bible says it was in the book of 1 Corinthians 12, it said, earnestly covet the best gift. We should desire it. Right? You should desire to hear the mind of God concerning your situation. This is my intro word of knowledge. I repeat, you should desire to know the mind of God concerning your academics, concerning your marriage. We should not be careless and stroll through life, you know, kind of aimlessly. We know God owns our life. He has a plan and purpose for us. So we should be willing to want to know. God, what are you saying about this guy who seems to like me? What are, you, what, what are you saying about this girl who seems to be friendly, but something in me tells me that something is just not right? And bearing this in mind will help us to have a deeper and more intimate relationship with the Father because you want to know his mind. And don't forget... Hearing the mind of God and being able to speak it out is an expression of this gift of the Spirit called the word of knowledge. So when you are able to access the mind of God, the facts in the mind of God and speak it, right, to help other people, even in your own personal life, is operating in the word of knowledge. Does that make some sense? So I want to clarify that the word of knowledge is not... A natural knowledge. Don't forget we say it's a knowledge about the facts in the mind of God. No, that's fine. That's fine. We're good. We're good. It's not disturbing. It's fine. Right. It's not natural knowledge. Let me give you an, 
an example. So there's this guy who is a prophet, who is called a prophet. And, um, you know, prophets, the, the, the sad thing about prof many prophets is that they believe that each time they're invited to minister in a place, they must perform. Because there's an expectation. So if I, if I said I'm bringing a prophet in here on a Sunday, and maybe he's a popular prophet, just watch. You see people coming in, booking their seat, coming with big offerings and stuff like that because they want the man to speak into their lives. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Mm -hmm. uh, I, I know I'm going to test people's character before I bring them to speak to the uh, church family. But if I bring one one day and he happens to be saying nonsense, I'm going to shut him down there, right there and there. So I think my friend, all my friends should hear this, but I don't have any friends who are silly in that regard at the moment. But you know, people, people change. People just give their mind to dumb stuff. Right? If a power prophet comes here and say, you know, the Lord is speaking to me for a 2011-hour miracle that you need, to sp you need to sow a seed of 1,100, 1, I will shut him down right there. It may sound like I disgrace him, but I don't give a rip because I need to ensure also that I secure... Um, I, I maintain the confidence that my family, church family members have in my leadership and authority. I'm going to shut him down. So anyone who's looking at my church, my sheep, and still watching us as we grow in numbers and say, you know what, by the time they reach like 500, I'm going to meet with that guy, then you'll be sh you, are, you, are, you are preparing yourself for a shock. Go and speak to my mom. She will tell you how, how, <laughs> how strong I am. I don't give a rip. I don't care. When it comes to dealing with people and when it comes to protecting people, I can be a little bit overprotective sometimes, and I don't, that's fine by me. Because one word is enough to turn some people's lives upside down. When you hear things like there's a purpose in the pain, that thing was all over social media at some point. One, one guy was, was preaching with all passion. He said, there's a purpose in the pain. What purpose is in what pain? What pain? Pain is caused by the devil. So telling people that God has a plan for that pain is just nonsense. When you see pain, you, or when you see an attack of the enemy, the Bible says resist. Actively stand against the devil and they will flee. Not to accommodate the devil and say maybe God has a plan or purpose. It's not nonsense. So what am I trying to say? One word, one careless word can affect the life of a child. My wife and I have been dealing with some cases or some people's lives and it, it, many, some of them were just what's one person said and they didn't clarify or they just came in and emphasized over and over you know, in ignorance. So, hence I could be a bit protective of my people. Amen. So, word of, so I was going to give an example about that prophet guy. So, he was popularly called a prophet. So, when he gets to the event, the first thing he does is he goes speak to members of the church and ask them for information about different people. Right, you know, just goes around gather information, and when it's, when it gets to the platform, then you see things. You hear things like, "You, you are this, you are this, you are that, you have this, you have that," and people start shout. People start shouting, "Ah!" Friends, with all due respect, Lord Jesus, help me to be very nice this morning. Okay, we, okay, okay, right. But I'm looking through my dictionary to look at word. Is okay? I'll use um, in Somali's version a word. Yeah, it's unintelligent, but I, I wish I could really show how it is. Let's, let me call it what it is. It is stupid. It is stupid. I repeat, it is stupid. If anybody has a problem, they should come and attack me. It is stupid that somebody call your name and say you have 50 pounds in your pocket and you start shouting and you start screaming and you say this man is a man of God. It is dumb. 
Let me call it what it is so that people can get, can understand how, how bad it is. Somebody say you have gold wristwatch in your drawer at home. Now the question is, is what's God's business with the gold wristwatch you have in your home? It makes no sense. And it's an indication that we do not understand what true Christianity is. True Christianity is about you receiving the life of God, having access to the Father, and being able to walk in perfect harmony and relationship with Him. It has nothing to do with your material possessions. Many unbelievers have many of these material possessions, and they don't pray to God. And many of us are seeking jobs in the company of these people who don't respect God. We should be doing some reasoning. That's nice. That's nice. We should be doing some reasoning. Because I don't want, to, I don't want people who have been deceived all along to feel offended. Because I, my, my, my dig is out the Confucianist and the manipulationist. No. So I'm challenging every church member, every Christian, to start asking questions. If something doesn't seem right, ask. If your pastor will pick up fight with you, or that man of God, your mentor will pick up fight with you because you ask them some, in love, you just ask them a question, Pastor, I don't, I don't understand this. The Bible says this. And they pick up fights with you and they say they will disown you. Begin to pray to find somebody else to lead you. God wants to set people free in this dispensation. Enough of manipulation and oppression. Pastors, go get a job or go start a business. Don't use the church as a way to, 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 to get money into your pocket. That's what the church is set up to do. People are still reminding me to take offering. Hopefully I'll remember next week. Because I'm not after people's pockets. We have a project coming up, which I'm going to mention. Uh, we have it. Um, as soon as I finish, we need to have a quick meeting. We want to do an outreach. It's going to cost me some money, maybe a thousand pounds or more. Yeah, people can give it to us that, right? But if you don't give, I'm, I'll, I'll fund it. My wife would do it. It's about reaching people. Amen. So people's money, well, if the pastor is doing a lot of counseling, a lot of stuff in church, kind of stuff, and there's a lot of work he's doing in church, like, you know, you know, he... Not costing, but is rendering some service to the church to a very much extent. The church can choose to put him on a salary. If they think the <laughs> what what I need to run my home, I'm not sure how many churches can pay me that salary. So I better run my business and do my job. I, I'm not sure because because there's a way you pay. You don't just pay people just any house salary. You have to, you know, what can the church afford that we not hurt the church? You know, this is finance, right? We, we don't just, you, don't, you can't just take money out of the, out of the church post and start paying the pastor 50,000 pounds a month, uh, 50,000 pounds a year. No, no, no. For, for you to be, <laughs> am I getting to finance, church finance? For you to be able to pay a pastor 50,000 pounds a year, there's certain level of income the church must have because if you're going to pay for facilities, you're going to pay other stuff. There's so many things you have to pay for. So pastors, for you to be on... 50k a year, right, and now your church paying you that, then there should be a level of the income of the church. Amen. And um, I just don't think, no matter how big Chancellor's church go, I don't think they can, I don't, I don't think they can pay me. No, they can't. No, this, no, no, no. Ah, no. But pay me like, say, half a million pounds a year? No, 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 no. Even my body would cringe to take that kind of pay from the church, right? So, that shows that I'm going to be giving, I'm giving more. I'm going to be giving much more to the church than taking out of it. And I don't even just want my finance and the church finance to just come to, no, nah, no. Nah. Church, my family, they are two different entities. Amen. 
Church has it, it's a different entity. My family is a different entity. And the church is not called to look after my family. Nah. Amen. So pastors, um, preachers, if you've had some mindset in your mind that, you know, you're going to church to make money, a lot's dropping in somebody's, uh, because another pastor receives a lot 24-7, you've been fooled. Praise the Lord. I'm still at the intro. I've not even gotten to the body of it yet. But I just have to, based on my feedback, I just need to slow things down so that we get the foundation right. Amen. So the word of knowledge is not natural knowledge. You know, not going to fish for information about people and then start speaking something. There's a lot of that in churches today. Please avoid that. Right. Okay, let me help you a little bit. So when we say the word of knowledge is a revelation of, the, of a fact, known fact in the mind of God. So what do you think God will be saying about you? Or what do you think God is thinking about you? God is after your well-being. He wants you to have a deeper and stronger relationship with him. He wants you to be able to overcome those issues and problems in your life. He wants to give you everything you need to become who he has called you to be. He wants you to experience the peace and the joy he has given to you in Christ Jesus. So when people are calling things out of your life, what is the end goal? What are they saying? Because this is one of the ways you can quickly tell whether that person is speaking by the Spirit of God or they're speaking from their own senses or they want to manipulate you. What's the end goal? Where are they getting to? If somebody stands up today or I feel somebody has a word here and I ask them to say what God is saying to their heart and about, about us, I don't expect people to see that person as someone who belongs to a different class of spirituality. No. Every believer should operate in this gift. And what is coming out of them by the power of the Holy Ghost is to benefit all of us. So we should be giving thanks to God, not seeing, not worshipping that person, not idolizing, idolizing them. Amen. So uh, I think I've even covered some things I have in my notes without looking at my notes here. I said, what if people say something about you that you never told them? You know, but what's the end goal? Why are they saying those things? I talk about people who fish around for information about other people, which I just kind of covered. So finally, we, uh, next week I'll get into specific examples. I have about one, two, three, four, five. I have five examples to go through. Uh, I will look at how the word of knowledge, you know, was expressed or ex experienced in the Old Testament, in the life of Jesus, in the apostles, and in disciples, right? So I'm going to be making a contrast between the Old Testament prophet and the New Testament prophet a little bit. But just for us to see that God has been speaking to his people from the Old Testament into the New Testament, and you, whom other people may see as commoners in the faith, I mean, religious, some bishops. <sighs> people of God, who is a bishop? Who is a bishop? Tell me, who is a bishop? I'm going to make this Christianity so simple for you that who is a bishop? First in rank. <laughs> no, no, no. Who is a bishop? Don't, don't be afraid. No, no, no. Just, just say it. Just say, who is a bishop? I'm about to offend a lot of people here. Not in the church here, but, and I'm going to say it. That's my, this is my assignment. Who is a bishop? How would you, how would you define a bishop? My wife said first in rank. A bishop is a pastor. It's a title. It's a, bishop is the same thing as a pastor. 
So when someone calls themselves a bishop and they see themselves superior to other people, they have been misinformed, they are uneducated, they are ignorant. Ignoramus. I met a guy one day, he said, ah, my bishop said, my bishop said, shut your mouth. Glorify Christ, not man. Stop this nonsense. When I come across ministries and they are like, no, the bishop of this ministry, I cut off. Because I can sense some manipulations and some stuff going on behind there. Because when a man tries to magnify himself in the church or in the ministry, there are red flags. A bishop is a pastor, a servant. It's not a, it's not a call to a category and a class in the church. It's a call to service. You can thank the Holy Spirit later for calling that for me to, um, tell him to share that with you guys. So, uh, finally, the word of knowledge is not to expose people's secrets. Don't forget we say is a revelation of fact in the mind of God. So anybody who may have some kind of... So when God shows you something about a dirty thing, similar dirty thing in the heart or life of a person, is to restore the person back to fellowship with him. Not to blow their cover and or share their information with the church. No, it's an ungodly practice. So, word of knowledge is not to expose people's secrets. So, people should not be sniffing and think, I think that sister is a sinner. So, that guy in dreads, I don't think he's born again. You know, that guy that weaves his hair, it might be fornicating. People should not be fishing, about, fishing for things in the heart of people. Walk with the Lord, pray in the Spirit, worship. Don't try to cook it up. The Holy Spirit will say, drop it in your heart. Desire that the Holy Spirit will give you, you know, share, you, share with you things that will bless other people. No, but not to be sniffing. I hear God speaking. No, this is a drama class. I hear God speaking. Just worship and fellowship with God, fellowship with the believers. That's normal. And we realize that as we, as we meditate on these things I've called out this morning in my intro, we'll have a much more peaceful Christian life and we'll be able to work with other Christians in perfect harmony. Nobody is coming to try to show off, to do gymnastic. No, Christianity is not about drawing attention to yourself. Nobody should try to be a celebrity or a star. When you try to be a star Christian, it's when you make yourself a star target in the hand of the devil. A star Christian is a star target. I mean, like, all manner of things will just be walking on, just you know, walking people up and stuff like that. Yeah. So let me finish with this line, then we get into examples next week. So I said, it does not indicate you're a powerful believer. So three things I said, the word of knowledge is not. It's not natural knowledge. It's not to expose people's secrets. It does not indicate a believer is powerful. Hmm. That brother is a powerful Christian. He's a lie. When the guy stands to start speaking, he speaks the mind of God. He was calling out things about me. Friends, there's something, that, there's some evil spirit, they call familiar spirit. Familiar, they, they know what's going on in your life, unclean spirit. And anybody can yield their mind to them. Even any pastor, anybody can yield their mind to them. Spiritual things are so real that you can yield yourself to unclean spirit or yield yourself to the spirit of God. It's so easy. And that's why I tell people, stick your nose to what the Bible says. What is happening? One lady or one guy who is operating supernatural power is none of your business. Walk with God. 
Study the word. Pray. Fellowship with the saints, with the believers. Pray for one another. Not seeking power somewhere. Ephesians 1.19 says, the power of God is at work on the inside of you. It's available to you. Uh, Ephesians 3.20 says, unto him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above what we ask or think, according to the power at work in you. The power is working in you. You just need to recognize it and be willing to operate in it. Simple. Somebody say simple. All believers are powerful. We experience the power of God in our lives only to the degree to which it is real to us. I'll take it again. All believers are powerful. We experience the power of God in our lives only to the degree to which it is real to us. So when you meditate on the word of God, when you listen to messages that tells you about your identity, about how powerful God is and how powerful God is able to walk in you, the more real that power, the power of God is to you, the more you can operate in it. That's why it's a, when it is so real to you, you can easily lay hands on the sick and they'll recover because you, you, you know that God is at work on the inside of you. And that's why we encourage one another to meditate in the word of God. Come to church on Sunday. Study the word of God in your closet. Read your Bible. Show up and transmit connect on, um, on Wednesday. When I, when I create special events, show up. Um, uh, and if you not be available... Um, let us know on time. I'm having a dig at someone. Don't mind me. I'm not just having a dig at someone. I get to be show up. Amen. Praise God. Yeah. So, so that brings us to the end of service today. Praise the Lord. Uh, this is just intro. I hope that blesses you guys. I'll pray with you guys, and then we have a quick roundtable. You know, what stood out to us, and then um, we go and meditate on those ones, and then we show up on Wednesday for Transformers Connect.